Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following program includes the opinions of Conk News and those of the call in participants. It does not reflect the views of our sponsors. So, Tim, what we forgot to do, or what I forgot to do, is I forgot to look the actual date again. Okay, because we are in uh, December. December already, and uh, to my knowledge, this is the third, so the weekend is four, five, six, and seven. Yes, I think you're right. Yes. December 4th through 7th. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Conk Weekend from Conk uh, News at Conk.com, uh, Conk World Headquarters in Northeast Minneapolis. Broadway and Central. It's the first weekend in December, whatever the numbers are. <laughs> well, today, all right. <laughs> we're not, we're going to be idiots. Let's figure it out. Today's the third, right? It, well, I don't know. Uh, see, Saturday is the fourth and Sunday is the fifth. So today must be the second. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, yeah. We date this Friday through Monday. So yes. you were right. Three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Three, yeah. four, five, and six. Right. Yeah, so that'll, that'll do it. I'm Jim Peters. I'm the editor-in-chief of Conk News. He's Tim Conaway. He's the original gangster Conk News contributor. Now with phenoloxetone. What was that? Now with phenoloxetone. <laughs> okay. 2X the annoying power. <laughs> All righty. All righty. Now, Hank, Hank Reardon's not with us today. Zero's not with us today. Jennifer Gamani's not with us today. And we might, I called her and apologized this morning. She was on the hangover. Oh, <laughs> so I got to tell you this, Tim. So we, you know, we do the Wednesday show is called Conk Happy Hour. And to put the, post the podcast or the archive of it, I, I wanted to slightly rename it like our old show, Conk at Night, which might come back, by the way, next month. Uh, uh, we called Conk last night, right? So for Conk Happy Hour, I posted as Conk Sloppy Hour. <laughs> and I'm looking at that this morning and I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't really work. <laughs> and so I'm talking to the publisher and the publisher says, no, 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 no. Just name it Conk Hangover. I thought, oh, brilliant. <laughs> He's right. That's what it is. So we quickly changed the name of it. So she was on The Hangover yesterday. That's where she was. And it was got kind of weird because we started talking about female genitalia, not hers, when she called in. And she said she got a busy signal, which is not – no one's ever said that before. I don't know. I don't know. I called and apologized. It was like, you know, she's a wonderful woman and extremely yeah. erudite. And, and the publisher keeps telling us not to talk about genitals. Yeah, well, no, no, no. He says we can't talk about male genitals. Oh, That's well. actually what we were talking about when she called in. It's like uh, Hank and I were talking about that, and I don't understand what the hell he's – what the hell? It's well, like, I mean, to us, male genitals just aren't interesting. <laughs> yeah, but we're men. <laughs> this, <laughs> we're yeah, men. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, okay. We, but that's, that's not what we're looking for in the grand scheme of things. So. <laughs> well – no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of gay friends, but no, no, no I, generally I'm not, no. No, I, I have, you know, one, when you say genitals, I have a perfect 
picture, a little crease down the middle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Now we know what to title today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have enough news here to keep us busy for several days. Uh, I have, a, I think, I was telling you just before we started, I think I have 17 things on this list, list from yesterday, and we only plowed through about three of them. First thing I want to address is Biden's trip on Tuesday to Minneapolis. He came here. Now, I don't and know you'd if never know it by the local media. Well, that's that's right. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm still okay. You th- now, I've been thinking about this. All right, so you're a constitutional scholar. 1792, George Washington ran unopposed for president twice. He was he was elected unanimously by the Congress twice. The first real election was the third one, 1800. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, which apparently got really nasty. That was a real yeah. bona fide contest. If I'm right, there were only 15 million people in the United States in 1800. Those two guys got way more people to come to their events than this guy does. And he's a 46 fucking president. Yeah. It's like nobody comes. I, I mean, I've been talking about this for a year, but nobody comes out to see this guy. Nobody. Yeah, well, the interesting thing to me was, uh, you know, I was busy doing something and my wife uh, reported. She said, well, Joe Biden apparently was in Minneapolis, but none of the local uh, television stations even bothered uh, to have his speech on, said it was on CNN, but then when uh, it came to the top of the hour, they cut out, cut away from it in the middle of it to go to one of their talk shows. So even <laughs> CNN tuned the guy out what? halfway it's, through. It, it's um, unbelievable. Yeah, he was talking about the Build Bigger Boondocks doggles, <laughs> Build Bigger Boondoggles program, explaining how it was going to make our lives so Much swell. better, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just like even CNN fell asleep. So. Well, the the Gateway Pundit reported this this morning, and that is – I, I certainly believe them based on pri- previous experience. He said that none of the people in the hall, none of the students were actually students of D- Dakota Technical College. They actually asked all the students, the real students, to stay home. No freaking lie. They were all <laughs> plants. Everybody in the audience was a plant. There were no real students there. Yeah, and Dakota Technical College, which which is a, a good uh, school and, and what we need more of, the trades and, and uh, technical yeah. kind of jobs, uh, they probably, uh, if they hadn't been asked not to show up, they probably wouldn't have been there anyway. Uh, you know, this guy's got nothing to offer them. They're looking to, to go to work in the real world, and uh, Joe's – whole political spectrum is not the real world. So. No, Joe's not going to show anybody how to use the CNC machine. Yeah. And, he isn't. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm surprised they asked him to stay away because these people are not typically not politically motivated to, to do anything. If they were requested to sit and listen quietly, they probably would sat, sit there and think about, uh, you know, how they were going to put a machine together or something. That was exactly what I was thinking. These are not the type of people that would fuck an event like this up. Yeah. They wouldn't care. But they can't take the chance anymore. No. Because so many people have openly rejected Joe. Uh, So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's all got to be staged at this point. I mean, honest to God, out of the 46 guys who have done this, he might be actually the most single most unpopular one. Well, yeah. I mean, he's... 
he brings very little to it. I mean, we've had some guys that were kind of <laughs> low key in the past, uh, but uh, but yeah, he's he's there's just no spark there. Yeah, and of course, as with every other, uh, basically. Uh, appearance he's made since he became president, there were way more Trump supporters that showed up outside than Biden supporters. Mm. Now, I I don't know if they accomplished it, but apparently the goal was to get a thousand cars there. I don't know uh, if they if they did that, but apparently they did get a f- few hundred people, yeah. and they were all yelling "fuck Joe Biden." Mm. It's un- fucking unbelievable. Yeah, it's like yeah. Well, you know, and it's it's part of the. Just part of the overall decay of the system that I think, uh, you know, is uh, it's really frightening. I was thinking the other day about you know Joe's build bigger boondoggles program and and uh, his inability to unclog the supply chain and the uh, you know and it's like Joe and and his pals who are all beholden to China. Uh, in some way or another, are just, if you wreck the U.S. economy, then that means that the mess that the Chinese economy is in won't be such a mess in the in the world scheme of things because if the U.S. economy is trash, then the fact that China's economy is trash, uh, you know, they still come out as winners because they, they have, you know, total uh, tyrannical control over Everything that goes, including on. the numbers. Well, exactly. Yeah. Fudge the numbers. What the hell? Yeah. Nobody really knows what's going on over there, right? And you know, and their delay. It was supposed to be at least a month ago that the um, uh, the you're talking about Evergard. Yeah, the whatever that was. Thing, that what that place is called? Or is it Evergrande Ever- or Evergrande or ever something? It was supposed to, you know, face the default on its three hundred billion dollars of debt and. Uh, and that never that uh, never confrontation ever came to be because China's just waiting it out. And yeah, that place has totally defaulted. But um, you know, China's just saying Joe's going to mess everything up for us in, in the U.S. Uh, and and that's going to you know have an impact in the well, all the Western economies. So well, it appears. The Chinese said they were not going to bolster up that business, but it appears at the last minute they did. Well, they're yeah. not making; they're not saying anything about it. Oh yeah, they're not admitting to yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, they're holding on to it. Like I say, you know, with uh, the way the, the U.S. economy is crumbling, it's uh, you know. And CNN yesterday had people, their talking heads, outraged about Republicans saying. That this inflation is just what we need. Well, why are they, you know, the Republicans are for inflation. Well, no, none of the Republicans are saying they're for inflation. They're just saying that, you know, this mishandling of the economy by the Biden administration is what the Republicans need to get people steered back to the right. Yeah, now that's on my list for today. Now, isn't that amazing? They actually said the exact opposite of what Republicans actually think. Yeah. They said that the Republicans are are for this inflation because, like you said, for all no, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, they're completely, utterly wrong. Yeah. They're they're for the message that the. Biden administration's mishandling of the economy yeah. sends out to voters. Uh, you know, this inflation is is good for <clears throat> the Republicans 
just in the sense that people are going to blame Biden and Pelosi and uh, Schumer and, you know, the other uh, just ancient uh, bunch of waste, uh, waste of space, waste of money in in, uh, Washington. But I think you would agree that uh, even with that, if Biden could suddenly solve this problem, people would give him credit. I mean, it's just such a huge thing for the average person. I mean, oh, yeah. When you're paying, you know, 40 or 50 cents more per item at the grocery store and you're buying on average 50 items, you know, all oh. of a sudden you've lost some extra money. There. What I've noticed in the last six months, everything at the grocery store has gone up at least a dollar and in some cases two. I mean, it's significantly more expensive to go shopping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, – and you can, you know, still you can buy the cheaper brands and that kind of stuff in, in some cases and not really notice a difference. But, but yeah, this really hits people uh, directly where they live. And most people are living uh, from check to check. Yeah. I mean, that, that is 80% the, of the public lives check to check. Yeah. That, right. And, and that's the sad truth. And so something goes wrong, and these people are all of a sudden, you know, uh, one step away from being out on the street. Yeah, but I have some good news, Tim. Did you know that Heinz makes something called Cranch? You know what Cranch <laughs> is? It's ketchup and ranch together in one bottle. Isn't that amazing what Americans, what we can do? Yeah, well, uh, ketchup was invented to cover up the taste of spoiled meat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, so uh, yes. I'm not surprised that they've gone farther because all the people, this is some uh, Minnesota phenomenon. I had not seen it anywhere else. People in Minnesota like to dip their pizza in ranch dressing. Yes, that's correct. And I, and I asked why, and they said it makes it taste better. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, if your pizza doesn't taste good enough without ranch dressing— and then, no, but Tim, you've missed the point, and that is Minnesotans are completely obsessed with ranch dressing. We love it on everything. Well, yes, it is pale. <laughs> That's kind of like the Scandinavian populace. Yes, yeah, you could, you know, you could pour some on a a tater tot casserole, and it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't ruin the monochromatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, you're very funny, man. Uh, yeah. They also have the same thing. They've got mayo chup, which is ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. Well, that's their own, they're stealing that from the Mormons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they – do they call it that? I don't know. No, they don't call it Mormon, Mormon dipping sauce, but it, there's uh, mayo and ketchup and a little bit of juice from the dill pickle jar, uh-huh. and that's Mormon dipping sauce. Oh, I did not know that. They put – Dip your French fries in that. Huh. And, uh, with it. So we've we've crossed all the cultural lines today in our. In our <laughs> yes. In our, uh, so let's go to Georgia. Stacey Abrams, just before we went on the air of the radio show last night, Stacey Abrams announced her candidacy for governor of Georgia again. And my thing is, this woman can't even couldn't run a McDonald's alone the state of the United States. It's like, I mean, she's just such a. These people are such losers. Well, and that's, I mean, you know, this all comes to we've got the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and they have the lock on politics everywhere because 
the Democrats and Republicans some while where back enacted this election law thing that, you know, for federal elections anyway, that says you have to, in order to be automatically recognized without having to go through the petition process and all that to get on a ballot, that uh, you have to have, you know, a national party and you have to have a national office and you have to have all this. Basically, the things that the Democrats and Republicans had, I know the Libertarians have it too, but they don't believe in campaigning, so they don't count. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, you know that what a weird waste too. They're the only third. They're the only other really federally recognized party in America. And you're right; they don't do shit. Yeah, they it's they, like, they refuse to because it's not the libertarian way. <laughs> but anyway, and so in a lot of states, this is filtered down to the same thing. So, you know, this guy in New Jersey, the truck driver who ran. Uh, he spent twenty three hundred dollars. He ran strictly on the internet, on the you know, on the web. His campaign yeah. was entirely on the web. He's inspired me. I'm thinking about running for president, doing the same thing. I'll, I'll just you know uh, post a lot of things on on the web. I can write up actual plans instead of you know broad, vague campaign promises and all the blue sky wonderful things that will happen. Just, just say how we can. Uh, you know, cut down federal government and and cut down taxes and and actually have bridges and roads at work without going through a bunch of political payoff processes. Uh, and you know, uh, that's what we need more of. We need. Uh, it, I'm going to encourage you. Uh, I ran a website in the 1990s where, uh, and it was a news website too. I was. Uh, we took one of the writers, and he ran for president. And for the this was the 2000 election. Mm-hmm. No, maybe it was 96. I can't remember. I'm I'm old and tired. But the thing is, he was only registered in one state, Illinois. But he got about 500 votes. Mm-hmm. You know, so say like, you want to do that? I mean, yeah, we'll put you up. Yeah, you know, instead <laughs> instead of people putting uh, you know sending in campaign donations, if they want to uh, get together and cover the cost of filing the petition uh, in the state to get me on the ballot, you know, that, that would be a better use of the money yeah. and, uh, and, you know, run. But we overcoming this advantage that these two entrenched parties have given each other uh, is, is so difficult. And they keep running the same losers. All, all, as you say, if I'm running a Democratic or Republican state committee and I want to put somebody up who can win. I'm going to look at all the possibilities, and I'm going to find a strong candidate and put them up there, uh, you know, and do the push to win. They picked these people, and of course, Joe. It was, uh, you know, this was. Thank you, Joe, for being the, you know, the the party puppet that you've yeah, been for all right. these years. But they picked the people that, and the Republicans have done the same thing. You know, they picked people here. They had a guy running for governor a couple of times who is a nice guy. He's a decent guy. I've met him, uh, and, you know, he's out of politics now, and he's doing something with uh, a, a charitable I, I, organization. I think I, – shall we name him, or do you want to – Well, if you want to. I think I think it's talking about Mr. Pawlenty. No, no. This, no. Is, this is after Tim Pawlenty, the last two times uh, – Named Johnson. Oh, yeah, right, right. It's escaping you because 
he was he's a very low key kind of guy. He was part of state government. He ran his office uh, very uh, correctly. Did a really good job, and uh, and I say he's a decent guy. He's now working for a, a really fine charity, running a really fine charity, uh, but he was not a, nobody knew him uh and he was not a dynamic personality that you put out in front of everybody so that's how we ended up you know with uh with Mark Dayton and uh, the gym teacher uh instead of you know somebody who could actually run the thing so um so i'm i've always wondered out of all the possible people you've got how do you pick the people who are least likely to get elected if Anybody, like if Tim Pawlenty had, had wanted to run again, run uh, against uh, Waltz, Waltz would still be, you know, a gym teacher. So, uh, but, you know. Forgive, forgive me, I don't even know. In Minnesota, do we have term limits for governor? I don't, I don't even know if we do. I, I'm, I don't know either. I, that would be interesting to find out. Yeah. But. Uh, I guess, I don't think we do, because was it Rudy Perpich? He ran, he was. He ran for a long time, yeah. but, you know, some of these things change because of guys like that. That's right. And, again, because of people like Pelosi and Schumer and and uh, McConnell and uh, all the rest of these, you know, career uh, polit- career Congress people, uh, and there's a very serious move, uh, a very real move to amend the Constitution with uh, – to add an amendment to the Constitution – Limiting terms for those. Well, people. you know the really interesting thing. I just saw this recently, Tim. We spent a lot of time around this table talking about this, and I think it's Nancy Mace has suggested this that you could do this without an actual constitutional amendment. If Congress enacted a retirement age, you would not need an amendment for that. And that is, if you're seventy-five, you're done. Yeah, that's but, what that's what she's pr- proposed. Well, you know? there are two problems with that. Congress would have to enact it. And, you know, they're self-serving. Uh, all those people are self-serving. And the other part is some of these people at the age of 75 have been there for 30 years. So that's not going to solve no, the problem. that's true. That's you true. Know, if you let them go to 75, yeah. if you made 45 the cutoff or something. But, but no, it has to be a constitutional amendment because, uh, you know, two sessions from now, they could all turn around and vote that that's not going to be the case. Yeah. That's true, uh, you know, and so the length, but the uh, the length of serving should be uh, something that is specified in the Constitution. No, I agree with you. That'd be far by far the best way to do it. But mm-hmm. I th- I thought you got to give um, Representative Mace kind of maybe some uh, brownie points for come up with something different. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a way to to do something that would wipe out a whole lot of these uh, these. People who, you know, they're just there playing the political game, and they've lost sight entirely of what it is they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. We're going to take a commercial break, Tim. Uh, We'll be right back, folks, in two minutes. Stay tuned. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You ever notice your home doesn't smell as fresh as it used to? It's not you. As homes age, paint and carpet, they absorb all different kinds of odors, seemingly impossible to get rid of over time. But the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is guaranteed to eliminate those odors. The thunderstorm sends out the OH3 molecules into the air. It seeks out those nasty smells, germs, and mold and destroys them at the source. If you're like me, maybe you have a child who suffers from allergies or asthma. It can keep those so-called trigger smells away. No expensive filters to replace. Its compact size allows you to plug it into any room of the house and go. Other purifiers can cost up to $600 for one unit. You can get several thunderstorms for a fraction of that. With the discount code MATT, you'll save an additional 10 bucks. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Enter the discount code MATT to save $10 off their lowest sale price. Again, go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's promo code MATT. You'll get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code MATT. That's what I like to see. Here's my friend dancing again. Joro dances. You guys should dance together. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do that in the next Oh, I know. It'd be like ballet. Yeah. <laughs> we might need some some new uh, new bumper music here too, but we're but oh, I don't know. This is getting the job done. Yeah. They got to figure out how to play. You know, I would play. We play music on these shows. But there's no way we can do it. They got to. Somebody has to figure that out. And what I'm referring to, for those of you who know, are not in the podcast broadcast world, there's no way right now to license music or easily anyway. To run on podcasts like this bumper music we have we well the the main theme I did myself and then we purchased all this stuff but you can't just take any on the radio you can just take any song you want we'll put it on it's fine and they they take care of the uh, billing later yeah. <laughs> but there's no way to do it for podcasts yeah even you know. if we played the music ourselves we would still there's we would still owe somebody a performance fee and that's correct there's no way to Account for that in this situation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's go back to the, you were talking about CNN. So now uh, <laughs> this is really funny because uh, Hank Hank went off on this last night, yesterday, about the fact that Chris, Chris Cuomo has apparently been punished by being indefinitely suspended from his show on CNN, which basically means he's going to sit home for six weeks, collect a paycheck, and then have the have the holidays off. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to do anything here. Yeah, you well, know? And yeah. What do they mean by suspended? Because if he's still getting paid, then you know that's the job I want. I, yeah, I want to go to work someplace where they pay the talking head extraordinary amounts of money. The people who do the writing get guild minimum. Uh, you know, the people who are behind the cameras and sitting in the production room, right. uh, the people doing the graphics, the people doing the audio, all those people are getting minimum, 
and the guy in front of, of the camera is getting a six or seven figure salary to sit there and read stuff that he probably he or she probably didn't even write. And uh, so I want that gig, and well, I'm going to piss people off, and then <laughs> kick, you know, suspend me with but, pay. That, that's the thing, though. Everybody wants that gig because you you have nailed exactly how easy it is, mm-hmm. and so they somehow think that these people are irreplaceable. I don't quite well, understand. And, this, and why they pay? Why they get paid that much money? I've never understood that. I, I mean, I've known news writers. I, I know right now a couple of people who work in newsrooms. You know, have worked as as uh, producers of segment producers and work as editors and uh, you know putting together compiling these the footage and stuff to go onto the show and uh and I know how much they're getting paid and then I know the people sitting there that we're watching even locally are collecting huge sums of money and all they do is show up put on clothes that are purchased for them or provided by some local haberdasher or you know fashion outlet and uh, they read what somebody else has written and sometimes they can't even do that yeah but that's true you're yeah. absolutely right uh, locally in local news salaries have gone down a little bit from 20 or 30 years ago I mean here we're the 15th largest market here in Minneapolis and 25 years ago, uh, if you were an anchor on one of the major stations, you could make over a million dollars. And that was in 1980 money. Mm-hmm. And that was like some serious cash, you know. Not yeah. that it isn't now, but, you know. But, uh, but it's not quite like that anymore. But still, these people are paid very, very handsomely. Oh, yeah. well, and I'm yeah. sure Chris Cuomo is getting his, an easy seven figures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's know? all the... The, like people are tuning in to watch that. No, they think no, yeah. no. He's not compelling. It's like there's nothing going on there. Yeah, so and, he, and you could have just about anybody. You could yeah. Have, one of the things I like about TMZ uh, is they've got like all the writers and all the people who work on the. You know, it started out as a website, and it's still a website. Most of their stuff is on the website, but they got this yeah. half hour show. And the show is like all of these writers talking about the stuff that they found or stuff that, uh, you know, a stringer has sent in to them uh, from somewhere. And it's like, yeah, why not just cut to these people? Because they're the ones who are doing all the hard work. Yeah. They're the ones who really know what's going on. And, you know, some of them aren't handsome or pretty or whatever, but they're intelligent and, uh, you know, and amusing. And, uh, you know, you could... You could have anybody from the newsroom sit in front of the camera and read the stories to people, and they would probably be more interesting than the talking heads. That well, we you right come now. from the print world. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, Murphy, and I was even talking about this last night, about the fact that this is how television changed news. So 50 years ago, when there's virtually no TV you wrote for a newspaper, and maybe you had a byline if you're one of the more important writers, right? Yeah. And you wrote your article, but nobody really knew or saw you, right? And then Walter Cronkite comes along, and people realize, oh, my God, he's the most famous person in America because he's on television every night. And now every single fucking reporter wants to be on TV because they want to do that stand-up mm-hmm. so their face is on television. We don't need your stand-up. We don't need it. We don't need it to imply any information. Yeah. It's only just for your fucking ego that you want to be on television. Television doesn't need you. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's, you know, if I were running TV news, 
uh, you wouldn't have these segments where somebody is standing between the camera and the news going on. Yes, behind them, what the hell is that about? What was going on. I know they would have the camera on their shoulders and they would have a microphone. Right. They would be showing you what's happening and telling you what's happening. Uh, the BBC does a, That's a really good job. They've, exactly. they've, they have done this. That's they right. They send reporters out and reporters, the footage on the reporter, you see the reporter for a, a few seconds at the beginning and the end of their segment. Otherwise, they're showing you what's, what's Correct. going on. That's right. Uh, the other thing about TV news is I remember the local news stations, um, the on-air personalities, as we called them in, in those days, they read the news, the local news in the evening. They were also holding the big wrench, doing the uh, a commercial for the local plumber and, and the local hardware store and the local grocery store. They were also doing the promos for the various shows that were going to be, you know, the locally produced yeah. shows that were going to be on you. They, they were on-air personalities. They fit all those they, whatever they needed to, to do on air, they did. This is totally lost to history, but in the 1950s, Mike Wallace did cigarette commercials. Right. That's yeah. right. You know, you you did whatever the the sponsor of the show, uh, you know, was. You did the commercials for them. You know, kind of like on some of these talking radio shows where the people do the commercials. But, uh, yeah, so these like, people— Like this one, you mean? Yeah, the people did all that stuff. <laughs> But, you know, that got, you know, when now the TV personality, the anchor man, the anchor woman, you know, that. They're too important. Yeah. Then, well, you can't have them doing the commercials and stuff because that takes away from their credibility of doing this 90 second spot in which you don't see anything. You just look at them talking. You know, it's it's like radio with with a camera. (laughs) Well, yeah. And we'll call it television. No, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, a lot of the stuff on cable news are basically radio programs with pictures. Uh-huh. When we started this show, my thought, I went to management and I said, well, you know, maybe once we get this up and running, we can sell the video feed to like First TV or one of the new uh, commercial conservative upstarts, you know. And, and, they, and they said no, partly because Hank – uh, is an investigative reporter, and Hank needs to go undercover, and Hank doesn't want to blow his cover. Right. And there's other people that work. It doesn't apply to you and I, who I could make an argument are very, very small public figures. People mm-hmm. kind of know who we are, both of us. But there's a lot of people here who don't want to be on television. And in retrospect, I think that's the best thing that ever happened to this. Because yeah. you don't... We don't need a picture. Why include the picture if you don't need it? I mean, my idea was to make money. You know, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but but still, it's like it's just gratuitous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about stuff, and you know, we're not doing stuff. Yeah, I dance during some of the you know. The, yeah, but the intro hold, music. But I want to propose something to you. I mean, you're you're even more ensconced in news than I am. You're the most ensconced news person here. For those of you who don't know, Tim Conway has edited over a dozen news. Uh, magazines and publications in his career. He's been all over the place. I can make an argument that the the future of news is what we're doing because, first of all, nobody cares about facts anymore. That's That's completely out the window. So the thing is, the idea is you need to impart facts in a in a reasonably entertaining manner, which I like to think we try to do. And then on top of that, we also 
give some context and commentary to what we're talking about, which everybody seems to need because everything's so fucking complicated. And I'm thinking what we're doing is actually the future of news. And I, forgive me if I'm patting myself on the back and are all of us, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to think this is the best way to do it. Well, this, this is, and I, th- I don't know, think it's the future of news. I think it's happening right now. It's already happening. Are we doing this right now? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean the, the trend of this, the whole overall trend uh, of the podcast being a, a good source of reliable information is, uh, you know, it's happening. And it's just like newspapers should have stopped printing on paper at least 15 years ago. Uh, there's no reason to do that anymore. You can distribute it on, on the uh, the internet, and uh, you can also update it as things go on, which newspapers are doing with their online thing, but there's no reason to print it anymore. But they're hanging on to that because the people in charge don't understand that if you're not printing the newspaper, you know, then how do you have a newspaper? Uh, same with, you know, magazines. So... Uh, a lot of these things are lingering, and this, the whole CNN format, uh, even you know Fox News and MSNBC, uh, the formats for a lot of that kind of stuff w- were outdated uh, ten or fifteen years ago at least. Yeah. So, uh, so this this is what's happening, and it's like movies. People tell, oh, we can go back to the theaters now. Well, you can, but you can get everything right. at home. You can, but why would you? Yeah, you can right. get everything at home on a big screen uh, for the cost of two people going to the movie, your whole family can sit and watch a movie, uh, and you uh, you can pause it if you need to go to the bathroom. You can Eat what you want to eat. You can eat a dollar bag of popcorn instead of a fifteen dollar bag of popcorn. So, and, and and in America, and this is really amazing. Now, I'm not bullshitting here. In America, you can get a fifty five inch television for two hundred fifty dollars. Right. It's that's that's mind boggling. I mean, it's like when you stop and think about what's going on there, mm-hmm. electronic wise. You know, all they're all those stupid pixels, high def, and all that stuff. It's mind-boggling. You get a $250 television that basically fits on the side of your wall. Yeah, and, and you, for another 150 at the most, uh, even around 100 you can get a good sound system that, you know, you're sitting in the comfort of your own. You don't have to drive anyplace. You don't have to be dressed up. You, you know, you can be in your pajamas. You, uh, well, you and I were companioning notes. You said you took your wife to the movies yeah. recently. I took the last time I and my wife and I went to the movies was before the pandemic a couple of years ago. But we spent a hundred dollars between tickets and food and saw a movie that was highly mediocre. Yeah, it was not bad, but it wasn't particularly good either. Right, and, so, and uh, uh, you know, we went. There were uh, my wife and my brother in law and I. We were the only three people in the movie theater. Uh, That's a good business model. Yeah, so they can't. And that same movie was playing on like four screens at the the thing. But if they had three people, six people in each theater, then um, it's just not. And, you know, when the pandemonium is over, uh, someday – People are people going to go back? No, they can sit at home and they can stream this stuff. Yeah, Disney, which owns at least fifty percent of the entertainment world, um, has its own streaming service. Uh, there, you know, all these other 
major studios, Universal has it, uh, Paramount has it. All these major media services have their own streaming service, and you can see any of this stuff. You know, some of this stuff says in theaters only, but six weeks after it's out, it's going to be on the streaming service. Yeah, well, more and more of it is now being released simultaneously, yeah. too. And this is something that uh, some friends of mine and I, back in the late 80s, uh, were looking at because we could see this coming. Uh, the technology wasn't quite there to do it all, but we knew that Warner Brothers and Disney uh, were both investing heavily in uh, the research and development of streaming uh, content. And, you know, what it look what it ends up looking, it's so easy now, so smooth yes. and easy now yes. because of various advances, broadband, you know, that kind of thing. But um, we saw that that's where things were going, and we were, you know, trying to get some uh, productions started uh, along the lines of, we're going to produce it, and we're going to stream it. We're going to bypass all this other stuff. Uh, and, of course, nobody understood what we were talking about yeah. because they couldn't picture people not going into a movie theater to watch a movie. Well, Jim, i got to tell you something. Uh, I'm, a little, well, I'm, I'm polishing my fingernails here. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, I produced the very first uh, television miniseries that was uh, to be streamed on the Internet. Oh, uh, 1998. There you go. Yes, and we we did it in MPEG two. <laughs> I'm not kidding about this. It was like the 1948 yeah. television in a tiny little real video uh, window that we. It was like literally like an inch and a half and two and two. It was like you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, we did that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you know that's that stuff was coming a long time ago. So well, the, I'll have to tell you though, we ran. Vintage commercials in that literally is a demonstration to show how you do it, especially the pre-roll because I got that right away. You have to sit through the commercial. Actually, I mean that's you know podcast everything runs off that now. Yeah. You you see one commercial because you're forced to. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I, what I, what I was amazed by is how long it took for that to catch on. Oh yeah. That, I thought it would catch on. I thought people would catch on to this in two three years. It yeah, happen. but the people at the top making decisions cannot. And they don't have big minds anyway. The people at the top are all accountants. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're bean counters or lawyers or something, but they're not creative people, and they cannot see that, uh, you know, this is possible right now. They can't see beyond this is not how I am used to looking at a newspaper or watching a movie or or watching television. So I have to ask you about that because you've, you've been in more newsrooms than anyone I know. And that is, it seems to me that journalists or the news industry, when it comes to imagination, is the absolute worst. They can't seem to conceive of anything that they can't see in front of their face. Well, there, yeah, there are a lot of people in there. It's what, in one respect, what makes them good journalists is they're very yeah. black and white, uh, linear thinkers. That's correct. Very a, focused. At, you know, they have a, a tunnel right. vision onto what. They have to do, and yeah, lots of people that I talked to when I was in the newspaper business in the 70s and talking about how, you know, someday we'll be talking to each other, uh, you know, looking at each other as we talk on our phones, and that news would be, uh, we'd be reading the news on a screen, and, you know, they looked at me like I was an absolute idiot. Yeah. Uh, but that, 
we in journalism school in the early 70s, we were learning that that was the future, that that's what was going to come. So, yeah. And to take this over to the political side, this is, uh, you know, I read today that Noah Webster thought, the guy who wrote Webster's Dictionary or put, put it together, thought that government uh, existed out of necessity, uh, you know, as a as a, a way to handle common issues that affected the public. It didn't, uh, government didn't really issue from a compact, a contract, you know, like the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I think we're at a point now where people are starting to look at what is government doing, and it seems to be doing the exact wrong thing, the exact opposite thing of what we need. They're not, they don't see the reality that's in front of all of us right now, they're trying to operate on some model. You know, the current federal government's operating on a model out of the 1930s. Uh, And that's, you know, to give them some credit because some of their operations are out of an even older period of the government. They are not operating today. They're not agile. They're not able to move with the changes which are happening more rapidly, and they're certainly not able to to deal – well, they can't not only deal with things as they come up, they can't deal with the issues that are in front of them because that model does not work in this new real world. No, and you ask most people, most American citizens, I think their answers would be very simple. What do they want – their government to do. They want to keep safe. They want, you know, police, armed forces. They want to run armed forces. They want a stable trading environment, mm-hmm. you know, where the mo- money isn't going nuts every like, two weeks. And that's pretty much about it. Yeah. Yeah. That and, you know, we do want roads and bridges. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, yes. We, right. We want, we want that kind of, uh, of uh, infrastructure. But, yeah, that's and that's all the federal government was set up to do. You know, treaties, the treaty thing with uh, other nations, rather than each individual state bartering treaties. Uh, But really, if you look in the Constitution, you don't see them giving the federal government uh, the authority to get involved in a lot of these other areas. And, you know, this was the anti-federalist big fear was that, you know, if you give these people any power, they'll... They'll take too much power. Yeah. And the Federalists were saying, well, if you don't give them, if we don't create this, we won't have a stable union. You know, the states can all function very well, but to function together for things of the common interest of all the states, we have to have some, uh, you know, we have to have a federal government that has some amount of, of Well, to your point, the Articles of Confederation failed. Right. I mean, that was a very loose government. Yeah, the Articles and, of Confederation was – it was basically just a Congress. Yeah. And somebody in the Congress was appointed president of the Congress, but he was like the presiding officer. That's where president comes from, presiding officer over the, the Congress. Uh, it wasn't in two divisions. It wasn't – and it didn't have a lot of power to do things. And it kind of depended on the states to give it money if they wanted to. Yeah, but they they didn't have to. So um, kind of like the United Nations, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> except uh, 
you know, it was uh, not didn't have such a pretty building. I'm sorry. Could you hold that thought for a second? We're yeah. going to run another commercial break. Back in two minutes, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We can't use it. We can't afford it. We were lied to, and we couldn't prove the lies. My husband and I had no way out. We purchased a timeshare. Soon, Leo took on a night job to pay timeshare bills. That wasn't good. So I cruised the net and found LegalTimeshareHelp.com. Remember that name if you own a timeshare, LegalTimeshareHelp.com. Here's what they did for us. Terminated the maintenance fees, targeted the debt, and resolved it to zero. Removed the timeshare account from credit reports, stopped debt collectors, and stop foreclosure. They defend, recover, and restore credit. LegalTimeshareHelp.com will help you. 100% guaranteed. They will terminate your timeshare financial obligation. They're the only consumer advocacy company licensed by the Department of Financial Regulation. Now, Leo and I go out for sunset strolls. Want to know more? For a free consultation, call 877-407-9373. That's 877-407-9373. Or visit LegalTimeshareHelp.com. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Gives me, uh, gives me that mellow feeling that I long for. <laughs> that the Articles of Confederation going to give you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading a very good book right now by Robert G. Nadelson, who uh, is he was a, a law professor, but he was also a uh, what he calls a Main Street lawyer. Uh, you know, on TV you see lawyers, oh, they're the defense lawyer, this. But in most towns, lawyers do a little bit of everything yeah. that lawyers have to do, legal papers, contracts, wills, probates, um, you know, all all the various legal functions that people need. Uh, and and uh, But he's written several books, and he's written an excellent book, uh, on the original Constitution, you know what it really said and what it really means, and uh, the third edition is uh, the, the most recent edition from a few years ago, but uh, covers a lot of things. And so he talks about all these things in the book, uh, and and he talks about it in a way it's not an academic book and it's you know not a legal uh, book. It's written so that the average guy can read it and get some stuff out of it. But it, these kind of things that we've been talking about, um, one of the reasons I picked it up was because when I found out about it, it said, this is like, this is talking about the stuff that comes up uh, here on the podcast yeah. a lot, and uh, so I could get a little bit more uh, more education. The Constitution is a very simple, well, it's called a simple document. It's actually a complex document. It's a very straightforward document. Well, it appears, I mean, you're the constitutional scholar here. I am not. But my my impression is they spent a long time arguing about some specific wording. 
Yeah, uh, and and what I've learned from uh, Nadelson is the Constitution is uh, a a contract uh, with the American people, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and it was written by legal people with legal backgrounds, and it uses a lot of legal language. And if you don't look at it from the standpoint of what do those legal terms mean, it can be confusing. But if you look at it, for especially what those terms meant in the, the late 18th century, then you get a, a clearer understanding of what they meant by these things that sometimes are controversial. Uh, but it, it is a legal document. And so when you look at it, that's why it's complex, but for a legal document, it's very straightforward. Uh, they tried to cut it down to uh, be very concise and precise in terms of, of what is meant. And also that uh, it's it's the law by which Congress and the president and uh, the judicial branch have to abide. Uh, it's not something that they can change. They don't have the power to change the Constitution other than through the Article 5 process. And uh, so, you know, that's – it's very important to look at it that way. I would never – I realized that, you know, who was writing it and that it was – there was a lot of legal terms in there. But that when you look at it from the standpoint of if you're reading a legal document – some words and phrases are going to have a different meaning than if you just spoke those in public. Yeah, the, the thing that's really amazed me, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, about the fact that is it the Tenth Amendment that basically says anything that and that's not specifically stated here goes to the states? That's correct, yeah. yeah. And the Ninth Amendment also restricts federal power. Yeah, and and it seems like in modern life we've kind of lost this. Oh, yeah. The federal government wants to dictate everything all down the line. They want to dictate to the states what can be done. That's why that federal uh, recently proposed federal uh, election reform law uh, was trying to dictate to states how they could operate. And that's not that is clear. That was clearly unconstitutional. Yeah. Yeah. That was not going to survive even the first salvo toward it. Oh, yeah. And there were so many other things that they tried to squirrel into that thing that, uh, you know, were, were just blatantly unconstitutional. But, um, yeah, so uh, the federal government should should be less than half the size it is now. It should be taking care of the specific things that the the state's uh, need one unified voice to deal with, and that's foreign stuff, that's interstate commerce. Even the term commerce, uh, in, when you look at it from 18th century uh, legal term, doesn't mean what people think it means today. And uh, to, you know, to regulate the money, to provide, uh, you know, an, uh, armed forces for the defense of the country. Uh, even the part about interstate transportation is, you know, maybe a little, little bit outside of the scope of what the Constitution has, but interstate trade is is regulated. 
by that. So, but just those few things. Well, I don't know if this is explicitly stated, but the implication has always been that the federal government has to handle shit that happens between states, right? I mean, is that the general principle? Well, yeah, and that's uh, it. Yeah, if there's a conflict between the states, that's where the federal judiciary comes into play. Right, and there are even some kind of restrictions on that. But but yeah, it's like uh, if it's boundary issues or if it's you know trade issues, there aren't many things that really come up like that anymore. At at the beginning, though, each state had its own particular interests, uh, and uh, so there there was some of that kind of thing going on. So yeah. yeah, the the first thing that comes to mind to me is gun laws. Each state has its individual gun law, but if you take a gun across state lines, because neither one of those states can predominate, basically the federal government has has to. I don't, well, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, and, you know, the whole thing about gun laws is the Second Amendment is, is pretty clear on that. There are more than 22,000 laws on, on the books, federal, state, local laws that regulate uh, firearm ownership and firearm possession and fire and. You know, we still get all the firearm incidents. I have been a big proponent of the fact there should be no federal gun uh, laws. It should be states only, other than transporting them across state lines, mm-hmm. because the the owner of a gun in New York City and the owner of a gun in Wyoming have vastly, vastly different uh, interests or reasons for owning them. Well, vastly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and, why, how can you put a one-size-fits-all on top of everything? Well, and that's, yeah, that's the problem with the federal regulations. It is. And, you know, the other part of it is that the the primary reason that there is a Second Amendment is because of the tyranny that uh, the colonists faced from Britain. Yeah. And that without an armed militia without citizens being armed the threat of that tyranny from without or within uh is so great that the people have the right to keep and bear well arms. yeah they basically realized if it wasn't for their right to bear arms they could not have had a, re- a revolution right it and wouldn't so, have even happened and so that's the the primary reason that that's in there people want to say well that's just for hunting and you know th- this guy's no no it's not, it's not. and um and federal regulation of your right to keep and bear arms, uh, you know, the, don't you get it? That's if the feds regulate that, the Dems won't be happy until they've taken all the guns away so that then they can for, force us, uh, you know, to uh, be part of the one world order or whatever. Yeah, but now this is really amazing. Now all, you have a whole bunch of Democrats and liberals in America buying guns because uh, Police is all of a sudden is unavailable. Yeah, when that's part of the the, the decay of society. I mean, we've got the decay of government, you know, at at a very high level. But there are all kinds of incidents uh, going on that show the decay of society. Yeah, and I I was in the middle this morning of writing a blog on it that I hope to have to you uh, early next week. But the uh, uh, you know you've got. The criminals <clears throat> feel like the police are on the back foot. 
Yeah. And um, and they can do anything that they want. And they're showing that in these smash and grabs and, and the carjackings. And, uh, you know, a woman um, locally was coming out of a store. She was looking at her phone, which is, you know, not always a great idea. You've got to be aware. If you're out in public, you have to be uh, in what we call condition red, which is you have, you have to be aware of everything going on around you. She was in condition white, and uh, some a car pulled up. A couple of guys got out of it. They grabbed her purse and her phone, got in the car, and took off. So it's just like that. I mean, you can be walking down the street, and a car pulls up, takes everything you've got, and, yeah. and pulls off. And if people feel there's, you know, what's going to happen to them? Nothing. You know. Well, the real proof of this is that, you know, obviously in California, they have this law now that you can't get prosecuted or you won't get prosecuted for stealing anything less than 950 bucks, which is the smash-and-grab gangs have proliferated. Mm -hmm. But the amazing thing is we do not have that law in Minnesota, and they proliferated here, too, just because everyone feels emboldened. Yeah, Yeah. you see that going on, you say, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that, right, exactly. We can do this crime, we can do that. We'll get 18 people together, and we'll go go to the Best Buy. Yeah, and and it's like there's just – and this is, uh, you know, ancient Rome – fell apart uh, in a similar kind of way. It wasn't people talk about Nero playing the fiddle, which is, you know, one of those historical inaccuracies yeah. that fits in a nice uh, little... But even as an allegory, they, they, they survived that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but Rome, uh, just the decay at the, the basic social civic level was... Uh, was going on for a long time, and people want to blame the big pandemonium for these recent things, but that, nah. was, that was just an accelerant on right. the fire. That's right. And this decay has been coming for quite a while. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's that's more frightening to me than uh, Biden mishandling the the government, uh, because ultimately, do we really need the federal government anymore? Uh, what good does it do? As well, long? the amazing thing is the public is starting to come around to this, like, laissez-faire libertarian opinion. I mean, drug – or not drug, gun control has never been less popular than it is right now. Right. It's like there's basically – they've no one no one gives a shit. People want their guns. Right. And then you're right. The thing is people all of a sudden, you know, in – 20, 30 years ago, if the Democrats had proposed spending $1 bazillion on a bunch of stuff, most people would say, yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. And now people are looking and say, we don't need this stuff. Yeah. I even have my Democratic friends, my liberal friends are looking and say, you know, this is all that's causing is inflation. And it's yeah. true. And, you know, we'll keep giving the handouts to these people and getting their votes. But the people who get the handouts don't vote. They don't participate. That's right. You know, that's, yeah. you know there are some people who need it, but... Uh, you know, usually don't want to step forward to ask for it. Uh, you know, the uh, the people who don't need, who really don't need this stuff, uh, are the only ones who sign up to get it. Tim, we're going to take one more commercial break. We'll be right back, folks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're pretty good at plowing through time. Yeah. That's exactly an hour. You know what time it is now? I, I'm going to guess that it's time for the, the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I got some kicker stuff here, and some of it wasn't actually in the kicker, you know, uh, uh, but I, it's tough to bring it up. Uh, one is the Bidens put up their Christmas decorations in the White House, and they put out six stockings for their six grandkids. They actually have seven grandkids <laughs> so because uh, Hunter got a, some woman knocked up a couple years ago. Oh. But apparently they're not going to pay any attention to him. Yeah. So, and I kind of admit I, that really, really creeps me out. It's like you know you're not oh, going yeah. to if it's if it's public knowledge. Yeah, it's public know. knowledge, and it's like you know I just think that's just you know. Um, oh, and here's but here's something that interests you because you live in this uh, spot, a part of town in Maple Grove on Monday. They're going to open a new Shake Shack, which has you know, worldwide. Uh, franchises mm-hmm. but this one will have the very first shake shack drive through ever in the entire world oh yeah you can drive through there and get your shake shack and i have to admit when it comes to fast food i think shake shack is the absolute positive fantastic hamburger on the planet oh well i have never shake shacked but i have seen the place um uh, as it's grown up they've got it festooned with Several million Christmas lights. Yeah, right now it's also they're also going to serve uh, beer and wine. Oh, they are. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, so yeah, we thought that was more interesting than the place opening. They're right uh, near. This is in a big shopping complex, uh, a Portillo's, which is a Chicago style hot yes. dog place. Right. And I've never, uh, we've never dined with them, but they do have a drive-through as well. And great deal of consideration was made in creating the drive-through so that it would not clog traffic in the in the shopping center. That w- there was a lot of thought put into that. So, That's good. That's good. Yeah. If you've never been there, we will go together. Okay. I will take you next week. Yeah. I will come over to your. This is in Maple Grove, Minnesota. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Now, just now, people know where you live, but they'll never find you. Oh, there. I talk about Maple Grove all yeah, the time. Yeah, I know you here, do. So. I know. So, um, oh, okay. Here's something. <laughs> There's a video. Of course, we can't show video. This is one of the few times where in a picture. There's no picture, but <laughs> in San Francisco, a group of looters got caught on video looting some other looters. <laughs> You can't make that shit up. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, uh, that that takes me all the way back in history to the the Knights of Malta. Uh, what? You know, what? <laughs> protecting the the uh, the the what did they call it? The the anyway the road. I'm gonna let you talk your way out of this. I don't know what the hell you're going to talk about. <laughs> in the Middle East, the Knights of Malta set them up selves up to protect. Christian travelers uh, on the trade routes in uh, it was the Spice Road or something from the Middle East uh, over. Is this kind of like the Knights Templar or something? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It, technically, Knights of Malta, and and uh, and but uh, along the way, they would see some groups of of uh, travelers that they thought they don't need that stuff. <laughs> the Knights of they were one of the richest. 
organizations uh, in uh, in the history of European uh, mercenaries, military uh, freelance military guys, and they they become so wealthy and powerful that the king, you know, got the pope to declare them as uh, uh, excommunicate them and declare them as heretics. So they could get rid of them because uh, they were a powerful group. But yes, looters, looting, looters. Here's another thing where we have descended into the fucking Middle Ages. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We've come full circle. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you. I should have asked you before we started here. Is there? So you're going to are you going to send me a new piece to put up? Or I we? am. I I, I got to finish it, um, and, and to go along, and then. I don't know. I think I've got a couple still in the basket that we haven't put up. I can't tell you off the top. Yeah, no, of my head. we do. We got that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, you can throw could, one of those. I could up slap this week. one up ASAP. Yeah, yeah, and, and get that going, and then uh, yeah, I've fallen behind a little bit on my. No, how can you fall behind when you're ahead? Well, <laughs> like you said, you actually have some of them. In well, the, in I, the I can. like to. I like to stay up with these things, but. I've been uh, engaged in other activities, and of course, we had. Uh, I hope everybody had a wonderful family Thanksgiving. More people got together this year. Some people who hadn't got together since the beginning of the big pandemonium, and yeah. Uh, so you know, it's nice. It's our annual family thing. You know, Chris, we do Christmas together, but in terms of the the larger family picture, it's uh, you know, it, it's a special time. So I hope everybody had that and. Got some good out of it. Of course, it. what we didn't talk about today is the pando- pan- pandemonium and the and the Dr. Fauci side. You know, it's like, and we we can't. I mean, we're we're one. We're sixty six minutes in. We can't do. Yeah, well, now. and you know, That's, they they've come up with another variation that this one is very mild, and but they're going to make as big a deal out of correct. it as they, they are. can, right? And try to hold us uh, down with it. So. You know, basically, this thing uh, should be over, and the government should stop coming on TV and telling us what yeah. we have to do. Yeah, it's amazing, though, and I'll end with this. And this is a real statistic. This was from a Rasmussen poll, I think, just a couple days ago. As usual, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Democrats, people who are Democrats, the liberal part of America, is way, way more afraid of everything than Republicans and conservatives. They've asked people, what do you think of the, I'm going to call it Omicron, the Omicron mm-hmm. thing. And uh, two-thirds of the, uh, of the Democrats said it was either somewhat or extremely concerning, and 15% of the Republicans said that. It was yeah. like... And, and, you know, they're using all these Greek alphabet terms to name the variants. And I just, you know, when they start using Greek, I just say they want us to bend over. (laughs) And with with that, Mr. Conaway, I think we'll go out. (laughs) Okay, everybody. So uh, we do this podcast. uh, We record it on Thursday afternoons. We post it on Friday for the weekend. I I just found something out, uh, Tim, the other day, and that is most people listen to this on Saturdays and Sundays, oh. not Fridays and Mondays. Mm-hmm. Uh, our statistics showed us that. Usually we have a big crew here, but uh, it's always a pleasure 
Tim and I have done this a couple of times before. Uh, While well, we just sit here and we yak, and uh, ho- I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we have, uh, but there's people, other people that work here too, and usually they show up for this. So goddamn fuckers didn't today, but that's all right, you know. And we do, we also and we do a show on Blog Talk Radio at 4 p.m. on Wednesdays called Conk Happy Hour. And I'm trying to arrange for a, 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 a liquor sponsor for that. I actually am. It's because we're going to, the idea is we're going to have a little to drink. But last night I did half of it alone because, once again, everyone's out doing whatever. So the thing, but that's on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, and that's can, 4 p.m. Central Time. Right. That's uh, 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, yeah, yes. We, you know, we have we have uh, Indian programmers that work for us, you know. I didn't know this. It's, it's a... Eleven. It's eleven and a half hour difference between. I don't know where the half hour goes between Central Time American and what's called IST Indian Standard Time. Mm. Do you know where is it? Where it's eleven and a half hours, not twelve, not eleven. What, what the hell? Well, you know, Nova Scotia uh, is in a time zone that's two and a half hours different than or an hour and a half different than Central Time. I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's like it's beyond me, but anyway, yeah. So we got those. We got those are two things going on right now, and maybe after the first of the year, we might add one more. We'll see, but uh, it's 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 working for now. So anyway, folks, thanks. You got to check out our. Yeah. So Tim writes a piece we put on. Uh, he has a blog on Conk. It's at Conk.com, and his blog. Uh, it's I know the address. It's at Conk.com slash Conkblog slash Conaway. But there's plenty of links. You'll find it. So uh, he he writes for Conk. We're the best news aggregate on the web. I'm not kidding about that. You got to check it out uh, at Conk dot com. I'm Jim Peters. He's Tim Conaway. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week.